What up, party people? It's your host, Lanston Schmidt, coming to you live with Season 2, Episode 1 of the What's Your Story podcast. That is the 15th episode. We had 14 running the first season. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. You've come to the right spot. I hope you know that you are met with welcome arms and so excited for you to join the What's Your Story podcast. You're about to embark on the best hour of your life. And go ahead and follow us on Instagram at What's Your Story 2022. Um, hit the subscribe button on Spotify, Apple Podcasts as well. And if you are a returning audience member welcome back after a longer than expected hiatus but we are here in live season two and couldn't be more thrilled and excited and just looking at season two we got some incredible episodes and testimonies coming and uh, already recorded a couple and they're very powerful and uh, we are going to hit season two hard and running and it's gonna be fun it's gonna be thrilling and exciting and couldn't be more excited that you're here joining and today I had the honor and privilege of interviewing a very dear friend of mine, Santi Venegas. And Santi is from Colombia, moved to the United States uh, a couple years ago as well, and just has a very, very powerful story to tell, an incredible testimony. And we get deep in this one as well, as always, um, as you come to learn with the What's Your Story podcast. But very, very um, exciting and fun episode. So happy you are here and joining today. Um, like I said, go follow us on Instagram at What's Your Story 2022. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe. Um, turn on alerts too um, so you know when future episodes are being launched but without further ado this is the story of Santi Venegas everyone back live another episode got a good one for you today Uh, best hour of your life right here right now Um, I have the honor and privilege uh, to have a very special guest on this show uh, Santi Venegas Santi welcome to the show Pleasure to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pumped to have you on and uh, excited you're joining today. And what were you calling out of? Are you in North Carolina? Or why don't you tell the audience where, where you're from or, or where you're calling out of? Yeah, I'm calling out of uh, Gastonia, North Carolina. Very I'm or- originally from Colombia, South America. So Awesome. Well, I've had the the privilege of getting to hear a little bit of your your story and um, you know connected before, and just know it's very powerful and impactful, very unique. And as as someone who um, has heard a little bit of it, I'm excited for sure for for this conversation and and to, for others in the audience to hear about your story and testimony. So, I want to open up the floor to you? Really, uh, start with a generic: Who is Santi Vanegas? And also, it sounds like you're from Colombia. Maybe go into that, but. Why don't you tell the audience who are you? Yeah, I think that's a that's a very interesting question. And uh, but uh, just to make it simple, uh, I'm from Colombia, and I came to the United States when I was 16. So I've been in the U.S. for about 11 years, and uh, I came through the U uh, to the U.S. through uh, soccer scholarship. So I went to college and played soccer during that time. And uh, and yeah, soccer has been a big part of my life. And uh, and uh, yeah. That's great. That's awesome. So Columbia, first time uh, Columbia guests on the show. <laughs> so represent <laughs> the whole nation there. That That's great. So a lot to, lot to uncover there. We got the uh, coming to the U.S. at 16, played soccer. Um, do you have any in, any siblings or uh, maybe close with your parents? What was your childhood like growing up in, uh, you know, the great country of Colombia? Yeah, uh, I have uh, 11 siblings. And I know it's unbelievable. It's a, a huge family. But yeah, they're all in Colombia. And so uh, uh, every time I get a chance to go, it's, it's such an amazing experience. And I try to go uh, at least once a year to go visit them. But um, just growing up with them, I'm going to be honest, like it was so difficult, so difficult because uh, we had a lot of fights and, uh, you know, we kind of make like groups. I, so, uh, so sometimes I will fight with somebody and then <laughs> I will like get with somebody else and, and things like that. So it was it was a difficult, a difficult childhood just growing up with so many kids. And um, part of it was also uh, my parents, they, they did an amazing job. But one of the things that made it really hard was the, the financial insecurity that we had. We grew up in a very um, poor uh, neighborhood and uh, in a farm. We started out in a farm and... So thankfully, we were able to grow our own food and 
but when I was seven years old, then we moved to the city and uh, we had to uh, really try to figure it out to be able to even eat food. And so some of my siblings and I had to go out and just find a way to provide food for the family. So, um, so we tried different things. We we, we will go out and, and try to uh, find jobs on the streets. Maybe uh, if somebody was parking on the street, we would just tell them, hey, can I uh, watch over your car? And then uh, when they will come back, they will give us some coins. And so that's that's one of the things that we uh, did to, to be able to provide for the family. And some other things, uh, we will go to uh, like a food market where they will sell vegetables and fruits and all these things. And we will just walk and uh, watch on the ground and see if there was like any good fruit that was on the ground that we could pick up and then take it home. So it was it was a very humbling experience growing up. There was a lot of hardship, a lot of financial insecurity, but uh, I think if I had a chance to to change my childhood, I wouldn't do it because b- thanks to that, I am who I am today. And and so, yeah. That's that's really, really cool. 11 children. I can't even imagine alone having uh, uh, that many, but also supporting, I'm sure, is, is really, really tough. I can't even imagine. Where were you in the, I guess, the um, number? Uh, did you have, uh, are you right in the middle? Are you on the oldest, youngest, or where were you uh, in terms of the 11? Yeah, I, I am in the middle. Right leaning towards towards the youngers yeah so it's, it's an awkward an awkward position <laughs> very very cool yeah well that that's crazy uh 11 and then just growing up like that man the, the financial insecurity i'm sure that was really really tough especially at a young age um it sounds like you know fr- from a young age though it was a humbling experience and you really learned the idea of humility or or that lesson was there anything else that that uh, financial insecurity taught you? Um, I know it really sounds like looking back that in your your words, it really was a blessing and you, and you learned from it, made you who you are today. Uh, maybe elaborate yeah. on that. That's, that's something very different than, than you know, the average person would say um, and that you wouldn't want it any differently. Why is that? Or maybe what were some other or lessons that you learned or um, yeah, maybe elaborate on that. Yeah, definitely. I think growing up with uh, this burden, with this financial insecurity allowed uh, all of my siblings and I to be able to appreciate the little things in life. And so we we didn't have a lot of, you know, entertainment like all the kids had, like they had money, they would go and, you know, play PlayStation. That's something that they did back then or like buy uh, snacks and things like that so we didn't have that so we had to find a way to entertain ourselves and uh, some of the the things that we did was like play soccer or play on the dirt with little cars and we would create like things out of wood and we would be so creative just because uh like we didn't have much and so that forced us to to be able to to be creative and find a way to uh to entertain ourselves and so i think i think that's one of the biggest thing that i've learned from growing or having that background to really learn how to appreciate the little things and uh it's, it's so important to not forget where you're coming from because uh that will allow you to uh, keep that uh, humility and to see how uh, god has worked throughout your life and that's going to help you like your character the way you treat people and you're going to be able to relate to other people who are going through the same things and and so i think that's one of the the biggest lessons that that uh, god has taught me through through that and so that's really really cool um i love that too god is a he's a creative god and he, and he loves creativity and he he uh, has instilled in his children that as well. I think that's often forgotten, at least in American Western culture, uh, where everyone's on their phones and myself included. It's funny you're saying uh, PlayStation and uh, yeah, it didn't have that luxury as a kid. That that was me. <laughs> so <laughs> that, that was me. And uh, but I, I totally understand that. I think that's that's really really cool and and finding ways to entertain yourself and. Certainly, it sounds like um, it established a really good hobby for you where it went on uh, to do big and, and better things of, of playing soccer and and going on. I don't want to get too far in the story, but it, it's kind of cool how that kind of comes full circle too, where that hobby became more maybe of a lifestyle as well and, and uh, getting a college scholarship as well and, and, and come to the U.S. But don't want to get too too far ahead of it uh, for sure. What 
what was it? So you said you came to the States at 16. Um, was, you know, coming to America in the plan as, as someone uh, or as, you know, from a young age, or was that something, you know, around, um, you know, you got later in life, 15, 16, or, or maybe earlier where you're like, Hey, I want to go to America someday, or was that always in the plan for you? Or is that something that just kind of happened? You know, in my childhood, I always wanted to live internationally somewhere, but because of our financial insecurity, like I thought there is no way I'm going to be able to do that. And, but the amazing thing about, about it is that it just came to me. And even though I was going through difficult situations, I remember just going super late to my coaches, uh, house asking him for money to be able to go to soccer practices one of my coaches and like that's that's how I lived I needed to find a way to to be able to make it to soccer practices a lot of coaches they uh they knew my situation and, and they pay for me and like there is no way that I could have gotten here in my honor efforts so my story is is God's story and how he uh, he uh, has given me the talent that of soccer and how he used that to bring me here to the to the United States, but it was something on my mind. But I never thought that it would come true. And here, here I am. God has uh, shown His faithfulness all throughout my life, and it's amazing because I did not know Him when I was in Colombia, and then when I came here, that's when I got the chance to to know who who He really was. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool to see to reflect on your life and see how God. He, his hand has been like orchestrating every situation so that uh, I am where I am right now. So the, uh, so just to tell you a little bit about how that happened. Um, I, uh, I play for a soccer club in Medellin, Colombia, and the owner of this club, it's called Cos de Co. Uh, the owner of this club, he, he's a U.S. Uh, citizen, and he went when he was very young to Colombia. He was a missionary there. And he, during the time of Pablo Escobar, and there was a lot of civil unrest and a lot of violence, he decided to uh, start uh, a, a group of kids from really poor neighborhoods and just like get them together to play soccer. And uh, his purpose was for these uh, kids to really find a purpose in life, to get out of guns and violence and to be able to do something in life that was productive and, and helpful. And so he started just scheduling these games. And out of that came out uh, this really cool um, soccer club. And, and so when I came there in 2010, I was able, uh, I had the opportunity to play for uh, sub uh, 11, like the age. And, and then I played two, two years with them. And then after that, they started a program where he had some connections here in the U.S. and they started a program where they would send uh, soccer players to, or to bring them here to the United States to go to high school, and then if uh, if they do well, then go to college. And uh, I was privileged to to being one of those groups that came. And yeah, it has changed my life for sure. That's really really cool. And it sounds like is it was a God thing in a sense. Like, did you know him pretty well before that, or did he come specifically like to? you know, your, your house or your community, or, or how did that even come into an effect that you were, had a chance to meet him? Yeah, it, it is amazing because to go to practices, I had to take the bus. I had to take like two or three buses and like the financial situation wasn't very, very good. And I stopped going for a while because I couldn't afford it to go. And like after three months, uh, one of the coaches, he called me and asked me, Santi, why are you coming? Why aren't you coming back? And I just told him that I couldn't, I couldn't continue to pay uh, the buses to go to practices. And he said, "Oh, that's not a problem. We can help you." And so I decided to to go back, and uh, and then I started to do really well. I played two years with them, and I was one of the most outstanding soccer players that they had. And obviously, I don't want to be like khaki, but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, there were there was a group that was schedule to come to United States so they were uh, preparing them uh, to come they were uh, giving them like English classes for them to to know the language before they came but there was one who all of the sudden like stopped going 
to the to the training, stop going to the English classes. And so when that happened, um, the coaches and the owner of the club, they got together and talk, okay, um, who who should we send now that this kid is, is out of the group? And then like I didn't know anything until it was uh, almost Christmas time. And I received a call from the coach and he told me, Santi, uh, I come to bring you good news. You're going to the United States. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like, I, I cannot believe it. I cannot believe it. And uh, so that was really, really exciting. And that's probably the best present that I could have gotten because, you know, <laughs> obviously we didn't get much because of our financial situation. But yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing how everything worked out. And so after that, they... Uh, prepare me, uh, help me with my English and get all the paperwork, my visa. And then, yeah, in 2012, I was able to come here. But uh, during that time, I was a little hesitant because my dream, my ultimate dream was to become a professional soccer player. And I had heard that the soccer in the United States is not very good. And I was like, oh, do I really want to go there? Do I really want to go there? And so I was a little hesitant. I still knew, man, this is a, an awesome opportunity. But I was a little hesitant. And um, but I still continue to I let I let the door open and told them, yes, I'm going. And I don't know why this happened. But one day uh, I was supposed to have a soccer game. It was a, we were playing a really good team. And my alarm didn't go off. And so I and so I didn't wake up for that game. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? And I remember I had to travel like about an hour and a half to be able to get there. And uh, I think he was he was a good thing, but anyway, my brother, he owned a motorcycle and he was there at the time and he said, Okay, I can take you. I can take you. So I got ready really quickly, put my clothes on, got my bag with my cleats, and then like we like went uh uh on the motorcycle really quick and and when I got there I was late it was like uh half of the first half of the game and the coach I noticed that he was really mad at me because I was late I was never late and I was one of the most reliable players that he had and so he was mad and when I got there like he put me on the bench like get on the bench or like go sit down and he was he was really mad and so he didn't play me until like five minutes before the game I was like Santi get ready let's go and so uh, once I came in, uh, the other team uh, was attacking and the goal, our goalkeeper grabbed the ball and he threw it at me. I was playing uh, on the side. I was like a winger. I don't know if you uh, if you know much about the positions, but I was a winger like, yeah. on the side. Yeah. And he threw a really long pass to me and I got the ball. And as I took a touch forward to go to dribble, there was this guy who came and slide tackle my ankle so bad that I thought I had broken it. And man, it was so painful. I heard like crack and uh, I was just like wallowing on the ground of the pain. And uh, it was it was so painful. And and then, yeah, the coach came in and he like, are you OK? Are you OK? And then he took the, the, the sock off and my ankle was so big it was so swollen it was like I cannot I cannot play I cannot play and so he finally got me out of the field and um yeah gave me some medicine for the pain and uh and then just went back home but that was a week before I had to come to the United States man. and yeah that was a week before the United States and at that point I realized man <laughs> it was the best decision for me to to come to the United States because that injury lasted a whole year and if I would have stayed in Colombia with that injury, I probably, you know, I put it, I probably would have ended up doing some other things than soccer. And uh, yeah, it was amazing. Like I wasn't supposed to be at that game because I didn't wake up. Like, and that was for a reason. But I, I decided to, you know, get my own way and go and and do it. Hmm. And that and that happened. The first touch of the game and wow, yeah, wow. So. <laughs> that that uh that whole story is crazy. It sounds like even a true miracle that even um even even going back a little further that you even had the opportunity to come into America in a sense. It sounds like a lot of it's due to your soccer abilities though, more than anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, definitely, definitely. And I think also they saw in me like a consistency and a discipline 
it's so discipline and a desire to uh to really uh uh, fight for for my future and so I think they they really saw that and as a uh, as a young person I was very shy and you know and but they saw that uh firing me to uh to just be very disciplined and fight for my dreams and all that stuff so I think that's part of it too but yeah definitely that's really good uh, it was yeah it was a blessing for sure that's awesome that's, that's crazy um you're talking about consistency and, and discipline too. Where, where do you think those character and quality traits, where do you think those come came from? Do you think it was, you know, the, the fact of, of growing up how you did in a very poor neighborhood and uh, having some of that financial insecurity, you had to be disciplined about certain things or, or be consistent? Um, mm-hmm. Or where do you think some of those traits that, you know, coaches and people very saw that were very evident in you um, that, you know, you, you can't beat around the bush you have. Um, where yeah. do you think that came from? Yeah, I think, I think that came from my dad, just the way he, he worked for, to sustain our family. You know, he, he did not go to like, uh, he, when he was very young, he had to stop going to school to, to be able to provide for his family. And so he didn't even finish, finish middle school and he started working and uh, with a uh, minimum wage, he was like sustaining a family. And so, uh, he was very consistent. He was always working hard to provide for the family. And and also my mom, my mom taking care, imagine taking care of 12 kids at home. And obviously we had some help with uh, some of the siblings, but still, man, it's a, it's a lot of a lot of work. And so I think that example uh, that they showed me, I think that's what helped my character at that time to uh, just uh, to motivate myself to to work hard so that one day I'll be able to provide uh, for them, for all the the effort and work that they have put into our lives, and so I think that was one of uh, my biggest motivations to uh, just be able to uh, be financially stable and be able to help my family. Absolutely, yeah. Th- those are two traits. A lot with just character in general is, you know, especially with your parents, you can grain it in your child's head all you want and just drill it into them. Hey, do this, do that. Uh, be disciplined, but really more than anything, it's an act and. I, I've had the blessing of, of seeing that with both my parents. I, can, I don't have, a, you know, 11 uh, siblings or anything like that. But, uh, you know, my mother was a great supporter, is a great supporter. My dad showing up work or to work early, um, getting up and staying late and really instilling that in me. He he taught me to do it, but he he didn't do it through words. It was more of action. So I can Thanks. definitely understand that and, and resonate with that. Uh, and question for you too, are you close to your family still today, all your siblings or your parents? Are they still in Colombia or are they spread out farther out or, or where are they at? Yeah, they're all back in Colombia. I'm, I'm the only one here in the U.S. And so I try to uh, go once uh, once a year to visit them. And so I think that's that's been something that has been uh, difficult because I've been away from them for about 11 years already. And so every time they have a birthday and stuff like that, it's so sad just to uh, to know that they are like sharing uh, those moments as a family and uh, that all my nephews and nieces are growing up and I'm not there. And so I think that's been that's been uh, such a difficult thing. But uh, yeah, I try to uh, uh, connect with them as much as I can through WhatsApp uh, messages or anything like that, video calls and all that stuff. But yeah. That's great. Yeah, no, there's so much technology, at least nowadays, where <laughs> you can at least have a, a relationship, uh, even you know, if it's super, super far away, at least a kind of a virtual relationship. I, I can't imagine. I know that's got to be super, super tough and really, really difficult. I'm sure that's it's some something too where it probably doesn't get easier, <laughs> you know, or yeah. maybe maybe it does. You can speak to that. But how, and especially in those early years, how did you, how did you deal with that or, or cope with, you know, being in America, a brand new country, uh, living alone or or uh, maybe with a mm-hmm. family, something like that? How, how did you deal and cope with, with that uh, loss in a sense? Yeah, you know, my first year here in the U.S., I think it, it was probably the hardest year of my life. You know, I didn't know the language. I was injured. I couldn't play the sport that I loved or the, the sport that I came to the U.S. to do. And I didn't have my family. And uh, so it was it was such a difficult time uh, just to uh, to be in a foreign country where you don't know anybody. You don't know how things work and you cannot communicate your feelings and honestly, I did not think that I was going to make it after the first year. Like I was I was ready to give up. And I went through such the de- de- uh, depression at that time. And uh, but I think that's what got used to 
to bring me closer to him through those difficult times he uh that's where he was like uh taking off all the idols that i had put in front of in front of him on top of him like soccer you know soccer at that time was like my my god and that's what i wanted to to pursue and i think he used all those difficult difficulties to to really uh exp- speak to me and to make me realize that like all those things are temporary mm. like all those things are going to pass away but god ultimately he he never changes and he's eternal and uh and so i was having like a, an identity crisis because uh the only thing that i could identify f- with was soccer and i couldn't play that at the time and uh but yeah, I didn't know that that was gonna make it that year. But thanks to God, man, uh, and through His grace and faithfulness that year, like I was able to to per, uh, be persistent and just push and uh, learn the English and try to just communicate, even though I was a very shy person, and just push and and then after the the first year, things got easier and easier and easier, and then. After that, I, I could see the fruit of all that effort and work that I that I have put in. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. That's really, really good. Um, so- soccer was your God. That, that's that's uh, interesting. <laughs> so yeah. and with, with pretty the, much. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember you mentioning that when, you know, one of the first times we actually met and got coffee um, a, a while back. I remember you saying that and that really stuck with me because it's it's like there's there's so many things we don't even know or, or label as idols and especially you know if that that was your god and then you go through a really really hard uh, injury and you're out a year and you're uh you know have that emotional attachment that emotional pain but also the physical pain too you know that's a that's a great place for for god to arrive <laughs> for sure yeah so, uh, he definitely um, did man he definitely that's did really really cool and question for you with that too because I, I know it sounds like right in the beginning of the the episode you you opened up and kind of said you you weren't raised in the faith or didn't have any relationship with God um and came over to the U.S. it sounds like um you know, had some depression especially in those early years mm-hmm. I'm assuming my, my question for you was I'm assuming you got out of the depression because maybe you found your identity in Christ or he really saved you from that depression I don't want to assume that though so that's kind of where my question is so kind of twofold though how, how did you get out of that depression and then Number two, like what, what is your testimony as it relates to, to following Jesus? Like when did you first uncover his love or, 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 you know, what, what really, um, what, you know, what, when did you become a follower of Christ, I guess? Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing. And, uh, man, I love sharing my testimony because it's not about me. It's about what God has done. And even though I did not know God when I was in Colombia, I could feel his presence. Every time I would get in the bus to go practice, like I could feel that he was with me. And even though like I didn't know who Jesus was, like I could feel his presence, that he was there with me through my struggles, through my fears, my insecurities. And uh, but when I came to the U.S., uh, like I had heard all the things about Jesus. You know, I grew up in a in a Catholic per se, but it was just like a cultural cultural thing and uh, in, in the catholic faith and even though we did not go to the church or we didn't read the bible uh, but that's what my family had believed most of the life uh, most of their lives and uh, it has been uh, it has passed through generations and so that was like kind of my background and i remember that uh, I would see Christians and I would make fun of them, like, oh, those religious people. And I was one of those who who did not want to do anything with religious people. I thought at the time that it was weird. And like, it was like, I would tell my friends, I never want to be like them. I never want to be like them. And uh, it's amazing how God works sometimes. And, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so when I came to the United States and I came to a Christian community, a Christian family, and we started going to church. And even though I thought it was weird, I was like, man, like when I, I would like see people like worshiping, that was something that was very like foreign to me. And but as we continue to like go to church and learn about the Bible, about Jesus, I started to realize something that before I came to the United States, I had all these big questions in life. Like, where do I come from? Why am I here? Where am I going after I die? And I couldn't find good answers to those questions outside of God. Like money, like it, it fades away. Soccer, when I'm 38 or 35, 38, like 
I'm done with soccer. Like, what after that? You know, and so fame, the same thing. And so when I started to learn about Jesus and uh, what he did for me, everything just started to make sense. Like, okay. And uh, all those big questions that I had growing up, like started to make sense. And and then I realized, man, <laughs> I was such an ignorant person and uh, people continue to, uh, people was like showing me the truth, but I was so blinded by uh, worldly pleasures that I just, I just didn't want to listen to them. And so that's how God like started to, to draw me closer to him and to, to make me realize that I was being prideful and that I, uh, that I was actually uh, very ignorant of who he really was. And so, yeah, he used, uh, he used my host family and uh, the difficult situations to to bring me closer to him. And so, yeah, that's a little bit about how he, that's he really, used those situations. Uh-huh. That's really, really cool. And I, I love uh, you just talking about everything is temporary. And I, I look at you and I see someone that's very stable and very much knows their purpose. And it sounds like uh, there was a time and a situation and a t- season when that wasn't the case, but God really re- restored and redeemed you. And I think it goes back to to what the gospel says too, which, which I love um, about being stable. And, you know, the, the Christian response is to say everything is temporary, you know, like when you see success or when you chase something, you know, everything's ter- temporary until the last day, everything you know, and this life is tainted by the enemy and a broken follow world. But, you know, at the same time, I, I look at you and you're not passive or pessimistic. You know, your 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 response to life is, you know, even though there's hardships, I haven't had the most fair life or really, you know, challenging upbringing. Like everything mm-hmm. is, is being set straight through through the creator and through the redemption blood of Jesus. So I think that's really, really cool and really, really powerful. Um, and it sounds like, too, is there a specific moment or was it your host family specifically and the, the church, it sounds like was big, you know, everyone praising their hands or um, do you remember the day you committed your life to Christ even? Yeah, I think uh, it was one night when my host dad, he told me that I was having a really difficult time uh, going through what I was going through, you know, my injury, not, not being able to speak. And at, at that time, like I could understand a little bit. So he came into my room and he he went uh, uh, straight forward to, to the point and he and he asked me uh, if you were to die today, are you sure you're going to heaven? And that really struck me because I've never thought about it. You know, uh, it's really easy nowadays or for people to think that you know we're eternal and they don't take the time to really think about these big questions, but which but they're critical and uh, that like if there is an afterlife. And God has revealed himself in humanity and he has revealed a way for us to be able to have eternal life. I think it is very wise to, to be able to uh, or to listen to him and be able to live this life according to what he says, because if not, like we're going to be screwed, like we're going to work so hard for things of this world. But at the end, that's, that thing is it's just going to fade away and it's not going to last. So, so that night, uh, even though I was very ignorant of many things. I felt when I decided to to pray with him and ask God for forgiveness of my sins and, and to accept Jesus as as my, my Lord and Savior, I felt the pride that I had in me uh, uh, fall off completely. And even though I didn't understand everything, I was like, okay, uh, my attitude was uh, one of humility. I, I want to learn. I want to see what this thing, this thing is about. So I think that that was... Uh, uh, a very important moment in my life where uh, I let uh, my pride was like got got rid of my pride and and really uh, allow me to uh, to learn about him and so but it was it was a it was a process it was a process mm-hmm. yeah yeah no and that I love too where he just you know Lord meets you right where where you are <laughs> you know you don't yeah. have everything figured out to just come broken <laughs> so. exactly that, that's that's really really good and back on the topic too even of of soccer and, and everything because i know that you're dealing with the injury we kind of got to that point and in your story of your life and you're over in the united states and everything and were you were was it around that time too you were looking at colleges to play for or were you being heavily recruited or um maybe talk about that and even your 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 time in college you know playing uh you know soccer as well 
Yeah, yeah, I think it is it is really interesting because I was that was one of my fears that because I couldn't play soccer and uh, part of my uh, what I wanted to do is go to college and uh, be able to to do something here in the United States and that was one of my fears but uh, my host dad at that time he, he encouraged me and he uh, helped me to realize that I needed to uh, just be patient and let my ankle heal. Uh, just to be able to perform 100% because I remember I was so desperate that I was forcing my ankle to do what it couldn't do at that time. And I was playing through pain and I, I played horrible and it was very frustrating. And uh, But when I went to the doctor and he told me, if you continue to play with this ankle like this, like you're not going to be able to play soccer at all. I was like, that, that was a, like a wake up call. And so I decided to uh, just relax for a whole year, let my ankle heal. And then my my junior year uh, of high school, I started playing again. My ankle had healed uh, um, a lot. And so I started to play and uh, like I started to see the results of how like I, I wouldn't feel the same pain, even though my ankle wasn't the same. Like I could feel uh, it wasn't the same, like little by little, like I started to recover that uh, high intensity and level. And um and then my senior year, it's probably the best years in, in high school. And at that time, I was like completely healed. And I realized that my uh, my host dad, who was also my, my coach at that time, he was right. I needed to let my ankle heal and be patient. And because I was able to, to do that, even though it was very difficult, like I, I saw the results of my senior year and I was able to break the record for the school for most awesome. goals score. Awesome. Uh, I, I think the score, the, the record was like 30, 35 or something like that. And I scored like uh, 64, 64 wow. goals. And so, <laughs> yeah. So it was it was amazing and like I will be like in the in the newspaper and uh, I will get like a bunch of uh, trophies and all these things and uh, it was just amazing to see what just having patience and and really trusting uh, that things were gonna get better like how that helped me to to really you know uh, let my body heal and and uh, saw the results and then after that. Uh, uh, there were some other Colombians that had come before me and they had connections with a college in Arkansas, John Brown University, that's the college that I went to. And uh, thankfully they uh, talked to the coach uh, about us, uh, me and uh, other friends and other Colombians that were there to come and try out. And yeah, we went and, and try out. And after that, he, he decided he wanted to recruit us. And so, yeah. I was I was able to play college soccer and man, it was amazing. Yeah, it's game game on at that point, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I got I forgot to mention this and kind of glossed over. Did you when you came to the states? Did you uh, you know uh, start in Arkansas too? Is is that where your host family was, or were you in another state? Or yeah, they were no, they were not. They were in Maryland. Maryland. I was in Maryland for three years, and then I went to college in Arkansas, and I was there for about six years. Very, very and, cool. And then came to North Carolina. That's mm -hmm. awesome. So yeah. at, at that point, too, playing college soccer was, was your goal and still dream. Um, you know, it sounds like at this point you had become a follower of Christ. And, and I'm assuming we're, we're going down that path and, and everything. And, and you mentioned, you know, soccer was an idol. So I'm, I'm curious in terms of, you know, did you ever meet a crossroads in college where you, you realized that? And, um, you know, was it around that time, I guess? Or, you know, did you still have plans to pursue maybe professional soccer you know playing pro mm -hmm. one day or did you realize hey this is kind of where I want to stop and this is where the journey ends or or what did that look like playing soccer in college all of that yeah uh, while I was in college I, I still had that dream and even uh, <laughs> like when I was looking through major like okay let's find what the rest of the team the team are majoring in and I was like I picked business and I mean that was that was like a like an uh, uh, a good uh, career for me because I'm international you know I speak another language and so I kind of align uh, my talents but at the time like I didn't have a passion for, for business uh, and so but my my purpose was to re do really well in college and be able to to go professional if God allowed uh, and so I had that ambition when I was in college and then playing semi-professional as well and but the difference uh, the difference that God made is that he uh, 
he organized my priorities in the right place because at that time I had put soccer over everything else, family, you know, God, uh, and other things, other relationships. And that was very unhealthy. And I experienced that my first year going through that injury. But uh, with Jesus in my heart, like, like my priorities were in place and I still was I had that that desire to to pursue that career that talent that God had given me I wanted to make the best out of it and uh and so uh and then after playing semi-professional I started to to realize man uh God has has been uh calling me to you know allowing helping other other kids to uh, to know him and to uh, really uh, allow the sport, the soccer, to uh, to make a difference in their lives, and not only that, but also for them to to know who God is. And and so that's when I decided, okay, uh, God, uh, maybe this is where you want me to to stop playing soccer. And so I decided to move a lot more towards ministry and allow and just being able to uh, help other kids that have gone through that same uh, situation to, to realize that, you know, sports are great and God can use that. And, you know, and that they can teach you a lot of things like work ethic or discipline and all these things. But when you pursue it at all costs and you put it over everything else, like that's going to bring consequences and you're going to have uh, uh, problems with the, your identity and, th and that's going to make you miserable and unhappy and so God really organized my life in a way that you know I couldn't done it couldn't have done it myself but um, uh, so yeah that's that's kind of how God uh, worked throughout all that and I still play soccer I still play soccer and that's something that I love still and try to to play as much as I can but uh, I think my life has has uh, taken a turn uh, where I'm thinking more of a long term, you know, and uh, because I realized that once I'm 35, 38, like I'm done with soccer and then what? So uh, I decided to really invest in my uh, in my studies, in in my career as a as a business professional and also uh, just learning. I love learning. And and so that's yeah. Really that's really, really awesome. I think my favorite takeaway from hearing that too, is how, you know, God really re reorganized your priorities or just organized them to begin with. And like you said, sports, can, sports can teach a lot of things and, and God can use sports really for his good if you let him. And yeah. I, more than anything, it you can really share your, your unique testimony and, and your story of soccer to, to his glory, which is really, really something yeah. cool and really awesome. And, and, um good good to know at a young age i i don't know if you've seen that interview with tom brady um for the buccaneers i guess i don't even know if he's on the buccaneers or if he retired officially or why <laughs> moment, i need, need to follow up but i remember an interview even a couple years back and, and this is something a lesson that you've learned at a young age which is so cool that maybe someone like tom brady has in his he was being interviewed. He's like, I'm just, you know, hunting for that, you know, next Super Bowl trophy. You know, I have four. I'm I'm looking for a fifth one. He goes, There's something that's in me that's just not satisfied. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, this guy has everything in the entire world and is a leader in sports, you know, for football and uh one of the most idolized and looked upon persons, you know, in in the world and especially in the country. And he doesn't feel satisfied, you know. He he feels like there's something else greater out there. Kind of that, that same tendency and urges that you felt in Colombia, <laughs> which is yeah. really cool. And, and God opened that up and and uh really revealed that to you at a at a young age, which is awesome. Yeah, just like C.S. Lewis says, like if you find yourself uh in this world, like like there's nothing that can satisfy your soul is is because uh you're not from this world and i think that that's uh, that's so true like there is nothing in this world that can satisfy your soul only god and if you uh if you allow him to come into your life like he can give you he he can really satisfy that emptiness and void that you have in your heart and as long as you keep pursuing uh, material things that things that are temporary like you're not going to feel satisfied the more you get the more you want to get but when you find god like that's all you need and and you're going to be able to be content through through anything you can have little and be content you can have a lot and be content and money uh power are not going to control you because you have that security in god you have your identity in god which he doesn't change and he's always constant and he loves us uh, you know no matter what so 
That's yeah. so good. That's a good word right there. Um, I love that. This is, this has been just an awesome episode and, and, and wrapping up and, and getting to it as well. Uh, as we close out, I, I'm curious too. Um, what, what do you feel like God is calling to you right now? What do you feel like your purpose is? I know you've mentioned ministry as well, you're, but you're young though. You got a you know, bright picture ahead of you and still got uh, a lot of good years to come. What, what do you feel like God's calling you towards or what do you feel like your purpose is right now? Yeah, I think I, like, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult to know like exactly uh, where I will be in a few years, but I know that God has called me to uh, help all the kids who are going through uh, identity crisis or uh, guys who have put uh, so much effort into a sport to, to help them uh, realize uh, that, uh, that it is a good thing, but it's not the, the, the best thing, you know, and uh so I think that one of uh, my purposes is to be able to to help young uh, young kids and young people to really find their identity in Christ, find their identity in God, and then uh, and then be able to to use the talents that God has given them to to be able to uh, to make a difference in this world because uh, ultimately uh, that's what you know that's what makes a difference. You know, it's not gonna make a difference if you just work and uh, uh, all this life just for yourself because uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna feel uh, empty and uh, and like you're not gonna, not gonna be feel satisfied by if you're working for something greater than yourself then uh, you're gonna have that joy and peace that knowing that you, <clears throat> that you're making a difference in this world and that it's not for you but for other people and so I think that's that's my my purpose just to uh, to help other uh, young people uh, to to find that love and identity in Christ and for them to find that purpose that God has given them because everybody has a purpose everybody uh, has been given a talent and he wants us to to use it uh, for his glory and honor so I want to help other help other people to to do that yeah man that's good that's a good Good word, a good reminder. Everyone's got a purpose. Everyone's got a story to tell. <laughs> Welcome to the yeah. podcast. Right? Hey, ex- so, exactly. Excellent. Lo- love that. But what, what a great reminder. And uh, man, just a, inspiring and encouraging just hearing all that. And I, I know the audience is, is thinking the same thing for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So I love this. This has been awesome having you on the show and uh, really just enjoyed unpacking your story and, and who Santi is. Um, mm-hmm. An incredible testimony for sure. And I feel like we could go hours and it might even i say this so many with guests just becoming a <laughs> habit but might even have to have you on for a part two to even hear more <laughs> the story and and uh and everything is it's so good so rich but uh wrap, wrap it up love to uh, ask you just two final questions uh if, if you're cool with that um uh-huh yep first for, for one being i'll ask him back to back um what is one thing in your life that you are most grateful for and number two what is your all-time favorite movie okay wow uh, there are so many things to be grateful for, but I think uh, I'm grateful for my wife because she uh, has helped me to uh, really know who I truly am. You know, sometimes we're blinded to our weaknesses, but having that person there next to me, uh, just allowing me to to uh, to know uh who I really am and helping me to to be the best that I can I think uh that's something that has really uh, shaped me uh, shaped the person that I am and so I'm very grateful for my wife and all that she does and uh, she's a great support and uh, so yeah I'm very grateful for my wife and uh, yeah there are so many things but I'm just gonna leave it at there uh, at that and uh, I think my all-time favorite movie man that's a hard question <laughs> it's my best ask <laughs> <laughs> yeah I will say I've really love the the movie by will smith called pursuit of happiness mm-hmm. and i think is i love it so much because i can relate to a lot of 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 what that movie tells and the the effort and discipline that he had uh to be able to uh to be successful in life and so i think that's one of uh one of my favorites probably yeah is up there but yeah that's great that's uh for, first off shout out to gwen your wife uh i know she's probably listening or, or going to listen so shout out to her yeah. definitely that's awesome and yeah uh 
Will Smith pursued have that's a great one with Jaden Smith. I actually saw that one fairly recently. Uh, everyone for a long time gave me a hard time. I had never seen it and finally got around to to watching it. And it's it's a really, really good one for sure. <laughs> so yeah. It is. It those is. that haven't listened or haven't watched it, rather, um, definitely, definitely a must watch for sure. So mm-hmm. that's that's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Santi, for for coming on the podcast. This was great. Any last closing words? Um, any shout outs? Any you know where where can also people find you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? If you, you want to shout out any of your handles, if if not, no worries. But you know where where can people find you and hear more about your story? Yeah, no, I just want to say thank you, man, for for this opportunity. And I hope that this uh, my story can encourage somebody and to uh, help them realize that that they're loved, that they care for, and that uh, and that they have a purpose in life. And just to continue to uh, uh, to find that purpose and what that is. Uh, and God, He's our Creator, and He can uh, tell you what that is. And so, but uh, if you want to. Uh, uh, see my profile on, on Instagram. You can follow me as uh, Santivani, Santivani, S-A-N-T-I-V-A-N-E. And uh, yeah, I try to share thoughtful uh, posts. And so, yeah, That's for great. sure. But thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoy uh, my time. And man, it makes me smile just to uh, just to be able to, to share my story and everything that uh, I've been through. And I hope that that can be an encouragement to, to your listeners. And yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. You heard him. Go give him a follower, uh, listeners and audience. Um, And yeah, post very encouraging, uplifting stuff. And and you can see more more posts and content. So, but thank you so much, Santi, for coming on. It's been a pleasure and uh, great having you on. What's your story? Thank you so much. Well, there you have it, folks. That was the story of Santi Venegas, a very dynamic and impactful story. I know it was encouraging and uplifting to me, and I hope his story and testimony does the same for you. A couple of words that just come to mind when thinking about his story and takeaways are Santi's boldness and faith from being just a young child in Colombia to where he is now. That's not by accident. That is through years of hard work, like you heard through years of faith and boldness and just trust, all those words come to mind. And also a word that comes to mind is just light. Uh, we need more Santis in the world, just being a light in, in their community and in their families and friends' lives. Um, so just a overall great episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, we will be back next Thursday with another episode of What's Your Story. Go ahead in the meantime and follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Instagram at What's Your Story 2022. But thanks so much for tuning in this week. And we got another dynamic and amazing episode in store for you guys next week as well. Um, but just remember going into this week, you matter, your story matters. So go share it with someone. And until next time, this has been What's Your Story. <laughs>